You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network and uh, also sponsored by DraftKings. That fine, uh, fine folks over there. Uh, and thanks to both of those groups. You'll hear from our sponsor here in just a little bit. But for right now, we are here for episode 235 of the Press Zone podcast. Uh, and uh, allow me to make some introductions. I'm your host, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined in the studio every week by my tremendous co-host. He also happens to be our editor-in-chief and our founder here at Rocket Sports, and his name is is Rick Stevens, and we are not speaking. <laughs> We're not speaking. That's going to make for a tough podcast. It's going to be a very difficult podcast, yeah. but I'm we'll sorry. Talk past each other, is that how it I works? I cannot speak to you. What happened? You you know what you did. You know what you did. You tell the people what you did. Trounce, is, is that a good you word? You tell the people what you did. Pummel, is that another appropriate word? You tell the people. In our all hubs fantasy football last week of the regular season, uh-huh. and um, yeah, it was we were we were both fighting. I for was the, in second place. You were in second place. You were in lowly third. We but were surging, faced off against. Surging, uh-huh. Yeah, faced off against one another. Mm-hmm. The buy spot, the buy, the buy position. Up two, for there grabs. was two two buys up for grabs. And you put Lamar Jackson on my starting lineup. I, yeah, I did that. And then uh-huh. you went out and you took out his ankle. Personally. After he had only scored a point and a half. I took him down, yeah. And that handed you a victory. Yeah, I was so and pumped about up, that that I went on your... to celebrate the Great Cup as well. So it was all, yeah, and it was a busy day. And you called up the Vikings and you said, you know how Alexander Madison's been doing great the last couple of weeks? I'm going to need to call in my Minnesota Vikings fandom and ask him to only put up two points this week because my opponent also has him on her Don't roster. you have Dalvin in one of your leagues? No, I do not. You don't have Dalvin Cook in one of your leagues? I don't think so. Uh, no, in ESPN I do. I see. Did you play him? I didn't. Ah. Got me 39 points on the bench. On the bench. Right. But I won. I won. All right. <laughs> I still won that league. It does not get you out of the hot water that you were in. So now you go into second place 
Get the buy. You get the buy. Yeah. And I'm mad at you. We're not talking. So <laughs> we. I appreciate all of you here at the Press Zone. And thanks for coming today. Right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Bah humbug. Kind of. Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 competitive league. It is. Ben Danku thought he was going to be really cute in All Habs too last week because we were we both had the same record uh, going into this week. Yet he was he was he was in, calculating. He was those. in second place, and yeah. I think I was in fourth. And he was chirping me on on our Slack, um, our team Slack channel, saying, "Oh, Amy's got to not be liking how that tiebreaker is working." And I said. I'm worried about it. My team works best under pressure. You just wait. We got it handled. And uh, <clears throat> I moved into first place in that league this week. And Ben's in fourth. Hey, you got a feel for Ben. It was so a t- I got it the, was a, I got the bye. Yeah, it was a tough weekend for him. He lost the bye. His tie cats lost yeah. the Great Cup in overtime. It was a tough week, Ben. It was yeah tough week. You got to feel bad for him. Yeah, I don't. But. <laughs> Ben knows it's all in good fun. Mm. But I was like, see, my friend, you chirped too soon. I'm going to sit back now this week and just, I, d- I will say, uh, I made it into the playoffs in our ESPN league uh, for the first time, I think, ever <laughs> in the probably eight-year history of that league. Um, and in our three all-habs leagues, I made the playoffs in all three leagues and I have a first round bye in two of the three leagues. Wow. You had a good season. I, of course, I would have had a sweep of buys if it were not for a certain co-host of mine who mm. just was a gigantic Scrooge. I see. How dare you? Okay. How dare you? How dare you? So let's talk about some hockey. <laughs> Is that why we're here today? Um, we've I can't to- wait till Patrick Williams comes comes on because at least I'll have someone that likes me. I think he I think he likes me. We were both on the same side with respect to the Great Cup, anyway. Well, that's true. He's uh he's here today. Mm-hmm. He is. It's coming up in the second oh, segment soon. I hope. <laughs> really, I'll remember that. <laughs> I will remember that. Oh, it's getting spicy around here, people. <laughs> Oy vey. Um, Yeah, we've got a good show for you today. Patrick Williams is coming up. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But in our first segment, we're just going to catch you up on uh, just some little bits of Canadians, Flyers, Rocket, Phantoms. Uh, talk to you a bit about how the uh, the prospects are faring with the Canadians. Uh, in case you didn't know it, it was the Jake Allen versus Charlie Lindgren grudge match over the weekend. and um, That was fun. It was very fun. Sorry. Jake Allen, but it was it was very fun. We're gonna briefly talk about that, but but we're actually gonna talk about it with Patrick as well. So you kind of get double duty with that one. Uh, get you up to date on how Laval did last week. They played three games, uh, one at home and two on the road. So we'll let you know how that all went down. And uh, Flyers and the Phantoms both experiencing dreadful, dreadful, dreadful losing streaks, and uh, we're gonna let you know. Did anybody get a win? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Some injury news. And uh, hey, City of Philadelphia laying down a new mandate that's going to affect Flyers fans after New Year's that we're going to talk about. Um, 
And then in our second segment, yes, it is time for the AHL hot stove this week. So Patrick Williams will be joining us. Uh, We're going to talk about AHL graduates making headlines uh, this season in a very big way. Uh, Some of them for the Canadians, some of them even for the Flyers, and definitely all around the league. So you do not want to miss that. Uh, And World Junior training camps are underway Believe it or not, we yes, we are at that time of year, folks. Uh, selection camps are mostly over. Rosters have been announced, so we're just going to give you a couple of names to start getting excited about watching starting on Boxing Day, uh, December 26th, as the 2022 World Juniors uh, Championship gets underway. So lots of exciting stuff to talk about today. Sounds good. And we're going to start... Unless you want to talk more about... You are on the thinnest of ice. <laughs> My friend, uh-huh. <laughs> you're getting coal. That's what you're getting. Uh, I live in Pennsylvania coal country. I see. So there is an abundance Quick access. of it. Uh-huh. Yes, there is an abundance of it for me to put in a box and ship nice. to Canada. And I will gladly mark off the gift box on the customs for. <laughs> I see customs open that. Uh huh. What is what is this? <laughs> Um, okay, so let's first start with, um, okay, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, it's long been known they're having a dreadful season. There's nothing new to say there. There's no hope. There's no silver lining. There's no maybe, maybe, no, there's nothing. We know. It's dreadful. It's terrible. Dominic Ducharme should have been fired. Um, that's not even debatable at this point. Um, and every game watching them is an adventure in sadness, basically. (laughs) Um, but really, you know, it's the general consensus among media folks, certainly here at RSM, um, and, and even fans that you see on social media is that, okay, well make something at least out of this season. No, not in terms of winning games, but Okay, if Jeff Gordon's coming in and is serious about development, let's use this season and develop prospects at the NHL level. Give the young guys the bulk of the ice, uh, well, bigger amounts of ice time, bigger amounts of responsibility, better positioning in the lineup. See what they can do. Let them make all the mistakes they need to make in a season that doesn't matter as far as the standings and the and the points go. Um, and, and yeah, actually get something out of this dreadful season, including probably the, whatever lottery positioning you're going to get. Um, and on top of that, there's been an onslaught of injuries as well. So the most recent, uh, the most recent one, uh, Rick finally allowed Yessi Alonen to get called up, uh, took, uh, for my liking, a little longer in the season than I think it should have, but uh, glad to see Yelonen uh, get called up. Not happy to see him get called up and plunked right on the fourth line with the likes of um, Paquette and and Pizzetta. Uh, that's not help. That's that's not a test of. Let's see what Yessi Yelonen's real game can look like. Uh, in a transition to the NHL, that's that's a bring Yessi Yelonen up and and just plunk him in on the fourth line as a filler until we don't need him anymore, in my opinion. Um, so what are your thoughts uh, on Yelonen's usage so far this past week and how he's performed? It's disappointing because, uh, as you said, you want... Um, you, really, Canadians fans want this season to mean something. They uh, they don't want it to be uh, thrown away. You know, there's there's this... 
this juvenile opinion that that keep to charm because he's he's helping the tank. Uh, well, uh, it is juvenile because there's no guarantee that that's going to lead to the uh, the number one uh, choice overall, and um, and it takes a whole year of development away from the prospects that are already with with the organization. Um, so uh, you want to see prospects uh, get some mileage. You want to see them put in different situations. Uh, where they are tested and, and challenged and, and opportunities to excel and show what they have. And uh, Dom Charm isn't that coach. He isn't that coach who um, is, is great for development. Um, and, and yes, he alone, in, we, we heard uh, Dom Charm say, if it was up to him um, and if you know, there were more healthy bodies, um, he feels that Jesse Alonen is is uh, too far away uh, from uh, to receive a call up. He's he's much more comfortable uh, with the Duff fans and and the Pizzettas uh-huh. um, and uh, the 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 Perros and and the Paquettes and um, he would prefer uh, Yelonen. Yelonen, who is has shown um, that he can skate. He can he can play at, at, at pace. He has a great shot, um, and he's right now in. It's only been two games, uh, but he's he's averaging nine minutes uh, on that fourth line with two unskilled players uh, who probably shouldn't be playing more. Uh, but Yelonen, yeah, absolutely uh, should be out there. Should be uh, getting experience, getting mileage, and and uh, and being challenged. I agree. Um, and you know, I, I think that that's the stuff to me that Ducharme sounds like he's still hoping to piece together some wins for what purpose? I really don't know other than his ego at this point. Um, winning, I mean, yes, you need wins. The locker room's got to be dreadful right now. So yes, for, for, for the morale of the group and just, the the drudgery of coming to work every day when you're when you're playing this poorly of course you need some wins but there's no reason not to you know i, I i'm not sure how he can evaluate yesi alonen's readiness to to play a, a significant role in the nhl if he doesn't give him a couple of games of a shot at it just to see let him lose just see what the kid can do. And if you evaluate him after a game or two, giving him some more responsibility and some better positioning, and you you can still honestly look at him and talk to your other coaches and 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 so on and so forth and come to that conclusion after that point, okay. Um, but just speculating based off of, I don't know, what he sees from him in the AHL, well, the NHL is a different league. Um, I don't know. I just, it's just—it's frustrating to me. Really fascinating comments by Jake Allen after Saturday's game, and and he talked about uh, that there's losing and then there's losing. Uh, it it matters how you're losing, um, and he said uh, there's there's no shame in uh, going down swinging. So if you're putting your young players in there, you're giving them an opportunity. They're trying their best, and they're and they're just you know. Um, uh, not experienced enough to get to then then there's nothing wrong with that. But no. if you're going in with the same old um, you know 
line up, giving it, giving the ice time to, to, uh, the wrong players, um, you know, mixing up, uh, constantly, uh, mixing up the line combinations to try and find as, as, uh, Dom Ducharme said, well, I, I when asked about all the line juggling, he said, well, I had to try something, um, see if something I, I, would, I, to, spark, would something. spark, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, um, he's, he's just grasping at straws rather than having a vision, rather than having a plan, uh, to give young prospects opportunities, special teams in certain situations. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it, the, the season could there could be some value to it. In addition to showcasing some of the veterans, uh, putting them in good situations mm-hmm. so that uh, it ups their trade value. Um, there has to be a plan. And what we've seen so far is there's zero plan other than the grasping at straws uh, from uh, Dom Ducharme. And yes, the lines are different every day, whether it's practice, whether it's morning skate, whether it's in game, the lines are changing constantly. Um, I, I believe tonight when they play in Pittsburgh, Cole, you know, the Canadians are even touting it with, you know, their big little headline on social media. Oh, Cole and Ryan are playing on a line together tonight. Okay, great. So now you've got Caulfield and Paling on the same line. Which is fine. Which that's is fine. fine. No, I, I think that's fine. But but are are they going to get the ice time? Are they going to be put in situations to let them succeed? Are they? We'll see. I hope they do. But... Uh, is it at the expense of Matthew Perot being on the first line and getting a ton of minutes? It's ridiculous that Matthew Perot is going to be on the first line tonight. It's just, it's just insane to me. Um, so, well, we mentioned Paling. Um, Paling looks like he's he's finally, finally earned himself at least a semi-permanent position for now. Um, are you happy with how he's been used? He's he's seeing a little bit of of ice time, but I mean uh, a, a little bit of power play time. But still, he's he's still under twelve minutes a game, averaging. He should um, he should be at fifteen at least. I, I and and I know that that Dom Ducharme has this in in his mind that he has a number of steps that that each prospect has to go through and achieve, and uh-huh. uh, he hasn't articulated those what they are. It's just a sense that he has. Uh, before he's ready to give them more ice time. It's it's bizarre. It really is. Uh, plenty of, you know, there are, well, if you're looking for prospects, don't look for them on the Laval roster. Um, thankfully, for the first time, uh, Gianni Fairbrother was back in the lineup uh, after injury um, on, on Sunday evening. But uh, Laval, particularly with, prospects called up to the NHL is woefully lacking in the prospect department, um, which is another whole sad tale to tell for a different day of how that roster had been constructed constructed and has been deployed for this year. Um, in fact, speaking, well, we'll get to that in a, we'll get to that in a second. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to get it to it now. You know, already, not a ton of prospects at the AHL level currently in Laval. And uh, I know we talked about this Saturday on Canadians Connection, but I think it's important to talk about it here as well, is that Arsene Kismutnov, who was buried down in the ECHL f- playing for Trois Rivières all season uh, after playing 15 games in Laval last year, um, finally said, enough's enough. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck down here in the ECHL of the 17 games the Lions had played up to last week. Isamutinov hadn't even gotten into all of them. Uh, he'd only played 10 of the 17 games, and it was obviously for someone who's young, who last season was here in North America for the first time, who last season in a shortened season in the spring, uh, you know, English was certainly still a challenge for him. Um, being down in Trois-Rivières, I imagine, was not an ideal situation for him and ends up he and the Canadians come to a mutual agreement to terminate his contract. So now you've lost another, you've lost a prospect due to what Rick, I believe, is mismanagement of that prospect. Why he couldn't have been up in Laval, maybe not even playing every single game, but at least around other AHL guys at practice, learning the systems, getting into games occasionally, and I don't know, developing a prospect. It's just mind boggling to me. Uh, he's a Mudinoff is, is, you know, a, a long shot as a prospect. Sure. Sixth round pick, 170th overall in 2019. Uh, but why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you default to your prospects rather than the, the, the laundry list of, of uh, AHL kind of vets that are in the lineup? Um, why, why wouldn't you default to a Cam Hillis or a, he's a Mudinoff or a, you know, and it seems that uh, those are the ones who've been uh, passed by uh, when when the lineup is prepared, um, rather than you know, uh, and 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 rather than focusing on your prospects, mm-hmm. uh, putting guys in the lineup that um, aren't don't have futures with with your your organization. Yeah, it's it's completely baffling to me. To some degree, there's other. There's other portions of it that you know exactly why they're doing it, uh, and those reasons aren't good from a hockey perspective either. Um, just really, I I'm just go back to I'm hoping that with someone like Jeff Gordon at least managing things in the organization that some of these development issues that we have had complaints about for so many years start to get corrected. Um, crossing the fingers and the toes because it really needs to happen. Uh, one place that we've seen development stop and start and stall and be completely dysfunctional in the Canadian system recently has been in the goaltending depth. Um, there's a laundry list of names that we could go through. Um, probably one of the more public ones in recent years uh, has been the, you know, the, if you want to call it an air quotes here, controversy around Charlie Lindgren and and his usage or lack thereof, I should say. Um, and it was uh, certainly all headlines about that this weekend as as the Canadians went into St. Louis to play the Blues. And, I mean, everything fell into place. Uh, a number of things had to happen, but the stars aligned, and Charlie Lindgren was in the starter's net uh, for the St. Louis Blues facing his former team, as was Jake Allen facing his former team for the first time. Um Pretty sure that most of our listeners know by now that uh, the Canadians got shellacked in that one. Um, and Charlie Lindgren came up with a very big victory um, and uh, a well-deserved one. And uh, it was quite apparent that it was a very, very meaningful victory for Charlie Lindgren. For sure. Um, 
Listen, it, it was it was probably emotional for for both goaltenders. Absolutely, uh, Jake Allen, first time that he was facing his old team, he hadn't been back there. Um, he said that uh, over and over how grateful he was to the organization, mm-hmm. how good they had treated him, how many friends he still has on the Blues. Um, he he was quite emotional about it. For for Charlie, he was uh, emotional in a different uh, respect. That um, I you know it's fair to say that the, the Canadians mistreated uh, Charlie Lindgren um, and uh, and used Charlie Lindgren and and uh, and and he was looking um, looking for some 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 portion of vengeance, I guess. A little retribution. Um, yeah. Um, and, and listen, the blues outshot the Canadians 37, 23. Yeah. Uh, but the, the high danger scoring chances were a lot more, I think it, the, a five on five, there, about nine, seven. Uh, so both gold goaltenders had uh, high danger scoring chances to deal with. Lindgren obviously um, was far more successful on this night. Um, He's been great uh, since his call up from Springfield. Yeah, uh, one forty two goals against, nine forty seven save percentage, has three wins. Um, he was great on that night. He was the better goalie and and uh, and deserved the win. Absolutely, and even before that, his AHL performance so far this year on a very good Springfield team. I think when he got called up, he had an eight one and one record uh, in Springfield so far. So a, an exceptionally strong start to the year. For Charlie Lindgren, I think uh, a move to the Blues organization has been a breath of fresh air for him. It looks and sounds like he's been renewed and rejuvenated and has a, you know, uh, Charlie's always had confidence uh, and his own, as he calls it, inner drive. But I think now being in an organization that's also lifting him up and supporting him and pushing him uh, in the right directions is also helping him as well. We're actually going to talk about this game and this performance a lot more with uh, Patrick Williams when he's on with us in the second segment. So we'll put the push the pause button on that topic just for a moment, but we are going to come back to that in the AHL hot stove in segment two. Uh, for now, we'll just give you a quick update on how Laval did last week. As we said, there's th- there were three games on the schedule last week. Uh, Laval hosted the Manitoba Moose uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, typically, usually a, a pretty formidable foe, and Manitoba was on a was on a tear uh, coming into that game. They they were on a win streak, um, and it could have been a shaky game for Laval, but Manitoba did not look great on this night. I don't know if they were tired, don't know what it was, but they just weren't putting it together. Uh, Laval took full advantage of that and came out victorious in that one. Uh, then they headed to uh, on a two-game road trip, just a short road trip, headed into Rochester. Uh, Rochester's been a bit of kryptonite so far this year. Uh, I think they surprised people when they came into Laval and won back-to-back games earlier in the season. Uh, and even despite uh, dealing with a, a slate of COVID absences and call-ups and injuries and so forth, uh, Rochester was still able to take it uh, to Laval uh, on on the Americans' home ice uh, on Friday night. They did drop that one, however, went into Hershey on Sunday after. Hershey's one of those, kind of like when Laval visits Syracuse, visiting Hershey is always a kind of a beast of its own as well. Um, and it can be, it can be pretty daunting to play at the giant, uh, giant center and, and 
Hershey, you never know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get a competitive team every time. Uh, it was kind of like the uh, the Canadians' former goaltending uh, revenge tour weekend because in this, this was the, the, the afternoon after the Charlie Lindgren St. Blues thing for the Habs, and now Laval's in Hershey facing Zach Fucali. But unfortunately, Fucali didn't have uh, quite the success that uh, Lindgren had had the night before. Uh, really not through any fault of his own. It was a fluky game. Um, again, we're going to talk about this more with with Patrick Williams in the in the next segment. But Rick, it was a it was a bizarre game with some really questionable calls on the officiating. Um, but I think uh, Laval was was happy to walk away with a win on that one. Yeah, there was no. Uh, if you're a Laval fan, there was no complaining about the bounces. All the bounces, um, in particular, the officiating calls went the way of Laval. Uh, some deserved, some many not so deserved, and and uh, but but that that's the way it goes sometimes in the AHL, and and uh, that that uh, the officiating certainly played a part in the Rocket win over Hershey. Absolutely. Um, interestingly, that now makes three games for Matthias Norlander since he's been sent down. If you recall, Dominic Ducharme said that he wants him down there to play at least three games. Uh, and then they would kind of reevaluate things. Right now, it's up in the air as to whether or not uh, what they're going to do with him. Are they going to recall him to the NHL again? Are they going to leave him in Laval for the season? Or are they going to let him go back to Fralunda in Sweden? Uh, so this now kind of completes that that three-game threshold that Ducharme alluded to uh, in that time. Now, Norlander technically has six games in the AHL for this season. Don't forget he was down earlier in the season for a conditioning stint. Uh, but over the course of last week, he tallied a power play goal and an assist. So he's got two points uh, throughout the week, uh, had heavy, heavy usage on the power play, looked comfortable there. Uh, certainly, you know, you like he likes to shoot the puck. He likes to 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 try to to make plays happen where he can. Um, so, Rick, right now it's kind of a question mark. You know, Laval doesn't play again until Friday night. They play Friday, Saturday this week. Um, after playing on Sunday. And then after Friday, Saturday, they don't play again until the Wednesday after Christmas. They have a week and a half off from playing after they play. They'll have the whole, almost the whole week off this week, play Friday, Saturday, and then have another week and a half off. So um, the amount of game playing time in the next two weeks is very, very minimal. And we're kind of at a question mark place with Matthias Norlander for right now. But you ha- you have to think that that uh, a decision is coming uh, maybe by the weekend mm-hmm. uh, because the the Canadians, um, as we record on Tuesday, they play in in Pittsburgh um, on Tuesday night. Uh, they are home for games on Thursday and Saturday, and then they're not. Uh, they have five games uh, on the road to finish December. Um, so I would think that, that the decision on Norlander, and there's been no hint from Ducharme, he hasn't mentioned, no. uh, it, there's been no updates, uh, but, but likely will come after, uh, those games that, uh, um, that he plays with the Rocket this weekend. Most likely. Uh, Caden Primo, uh, had, uh, certainly performed well in Sunday's game, uh, in Hershey. He faced 40 shots total. Uh, on on Sunday. So he was busy in the crease. Hasn't always been the case uh, over the last week or so. It was Primo's sixth consecutive start. Um, so Caden Primo's been been riding the crease for a couple of weeks now. J.F. Uhl, of course, uh, was asked about it. 
I believe in French media, uh, this week. And he basically said, you know, in the NHL, goaltenders uh, have to get into a rhythm of playing every other night, you know, getting getting ready to play, um, you know, every two nights or so and that kind of thing. So it looks like that's the path that they're taking with Primo right now. There is no longer uh, the, the kind of 50-50 split with McNiven. Um, and uh, JFL basically saying Primo's got the the net for now, uh, and it looks like they're it looks like they've they've now made a shift in in their ideology as far as the the goaltending development in Laval that they're going to ride Caden Primo uh, as much as they can for the foreseeable future. And he needs um, he needs experience in the AHL. Uh, that's that w- wasn't really the focus uh, up to. You know, even at the beginning of this season, it wasn't the focus, but something changed. And it wasn't the arrival of Jeff Gordon. It actually happened before uh, uh, the firing of, of uh, Mark Bergevin. So something within the organi- organization, their view changed uh, to, as you say, ride uh, Caden Primo. And, and uh, the head coach said, uh, listen, he's only 22 years old. He should be able to handle this kind of workload. Um, and, uh, and, and it's probably a good for, thing for him. And, and the results have been, you know, as you might expect, he's had some, um, good games, very good games, uh, looked fine with, uh, against Hershey other games, uh, not so great. So I, I think they're trying to help him, uh, giving him more starts to improve his consistency. Yeah. So we will, well, you know, he's, he's had a decent run of it in those six games. I think he's only got a couple of losses in, in those, in those games. So, you know, that's what we've been preaching all along is that Caden Primo needs at least a full season in the AHL, if not more. And so if he's going to start to get kind of regular rotation of, of being the go-to goaltender, that's only going to do good things for his development. And it's really going to be the only way to, for, for the organization to test and see if he is actually going to become an NHL caliber goaltender um, is for him to, get ice time and lots of it and lots of experience. Uh, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that, on how Primo does uh, coming into this middle part of the season. Uh, switching gears for just a moment over to the Flyers and the Phantoms. Um, equally dismal things happening over in Flyers land. It's been uh, a slate of, of losses for both the NHL and the AHL clubs. Of course, that resulted in Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Therrien getting fired. Um, but even then, uh, Mike Yost uh, taking over as the bench boss, uh, wins were not coming. Thankfully for both of those teams, they were able to get out of that of those two losing streaks. Both the Phantoms uh, and the Flyers have now gotten back in the win column. In fact, the Phantoms put together back-to-back wins, uh, which was uh, it's that's a pretty st- significant step for them. Uh, and Rick, part of that is that Wade Allison is finally playing again. Um, Mike Yo has said he's not. Sh- you know, there's not been any kind of timeline given as to when Allison is going to get promoted back up to the NHL. It sounds like they want him to play a little bit of time uh, for the Phantoms. Uh, he had a decent outing over the weekend, uh, and it's just good to see after taking that high ankle sprain in rookie camp. What a terrible way it was for Wade Allison, such an exciting player, uh, to start the season. It's good to see that he's at least back in game action and getting some getting some reps. <laughs> uh, the Phantoms, um, 30, 31, uh, 31st overall in a 31-team league. 
Um, they only had uh, three wins on the season prior to, as you said, they got back-to-back wins, up to five wins on the season. Uh, and uh, now they're, those two wins, they, they have two wins in their last uh, ten. Um, so maybe they are turning around and figuring things out and, and, um, and, and, and letting, uh, getting some, some players who can uh, make some contributions. Absolutely. That would be good. Um, one thing that is certainly controversial right now, however, uh, in Flyers land is that, uh, of course, we've seen there has just been a complete raft of a rash of, of COVID postponements and shutdowns and cancellations happening in both the AHL and the NHL. Uh, NHL currently has got more than 30 people, 30 players. Uh, that's not including training staff or coaches and everything. More than 30 players in COVID protocol. Uh, you're seeing NHL game postponements happening regularly this past week. Uh, keep in mind, those leagues are allegedly completely vaccinated. Um, and so this, we're starting to see major uh, breakthrough cases as vaccine efficacy starts to wear off. Although some teams do have have mentioned that their teams have had their booster shots. So um, it's getting a little scary. Uh, cities and states are starting to have to take some action. Uh, California coming out with a new uh, vaccine and masking mandate that's going to affect teams like the Stockton Heat, the San Diego Gulls, uh, the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, for Flyers fans, um, the city Pennsylvania hasn't done anything yet. However, the city of Philadelphia announced this week that there will be a new mandate that goes into effect on January 3rd. That's Monday in, in just under two weeks um, for indoor dining, for indoor venues like the Wells Fargo Center. So this will affect Flyers fans and Sixers fans where uh, proof of double vaccination is going to be required to get into the building for any event. Uh, that includes children over the six over six years of age, which I think is going to be quite controversial with the number of fans as to whether or not they want their kids to receive vaccines. Um, and if your child is under five years old, uh, they will need to have a negative proof of a negative COVID test, I think, within 24 hours. Uh, so, Rick, uh, the city of Philadelphia is kind of laying the hammer down, um, trying to kind of quash this sudden uptick in cases and hospitalizations and so forth. But I think particularly in a place like Wells Fargo, where uh, there weren't mask mandates or vaccination requirements to start the season, this is, I don't, (laughs) particularly with the season that they've been having lately, I don't know how the fans are, I don't know what kind of response or pushback they're going to get from the fans. Uh, It's, uh, it's going to be a little dicey to watch. The fans that we hear from, for the most part, say just please, please just follow the science and and here you have a, a, a municipality that's trying to do trying to act trying to look like they're doing something but are they following the science that's a good question omicron uh, from what we know doesn't care uh, in quebec we there's a p- vaccine passport it doesn't care if you have a passport or not omicron is going to strike and and in ontario omicron cases are doubling every 2.5 days um, so the Ontario, uh, chief medical officer, Kieran Moore has announced that, uh, they will be announcing in a couple of days, uh, how they're going to deal with this. And the expectation is that they're going to limit large gatherings. So what is a large gathering? Well, you can be sure that those, uh, those will apply to NBA games, NHL games, AHL games, 
Um, the only way to kind of uh, stifle this uh, this uh, rapid spread that we're seeing of the new variant. Um, so, um, what, you know, we'll see, we'll see how this plays out and, and how it plays out in other jurisdictions. But, uh, there are, there are a lot of folks, particularly players in the AHL and the NHL who are concerned about this. And, uh, that's going to affect, that's going to affect what they decide on, on the Olympics. It's going to affect, uh, the fans access. It's going to affect a lot of things. This is going to unfold, uh, in the next couple of weeks. It is. And I, I'm predicting that if not before new year's, then shortly after we're going to start seeing the first potential sports league shutdowns, uh, not just, um, not just a postponement here and there. Um, unfortunately, it's it's not trending in the right direction right now. So we're going to see how that all plays out. Um, all right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors, DraftKings. Um, and on the other side of it, you don't want to miss this. It is always a blast uh, for our biweekly segment, The AHL Hot Stove, featuring our good friend Patrick Williams. He's joining us. Uh, he's going to talk, he was actually at that Laval game in Hershey. So he's going to give us, uh, his thoughts on, on Caden Primo and the Laval rocket and what he saw on the ice against the Hershey bears. Um, as well as we are going to talk about AHL graduates to the NHL, not just in general, but particularly this season, they are making headlines when they get called up to the NHL. And we're going to spotlight a few of, of the of the really feel-good stories uh, coming out of the AHL as they graduate players to the NHL. So we're going to talk about that and World Juniors uh, rosters coming up right after this. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to episode 235 of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we're so glad you're still here with us. It's a, We've had a very fun show so far. It's about to get even more fun. But first, uh, let me just make sure that uh, you do a little bit of homework. 
I know, I know. Nobody likes homework, but this is easy homework, I promise. First, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Just look down, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Uh, Second thing, look down and hit that share button. If you can just share that on either your Twitter uh, feed or your Facebook uh, timeline and just spread the word that the press zone is out there to your fellow hockey friends and family and loved ones if they love the philadelphia flyers or the montreal canadians or just prospects in general they just love the game of hockey it's it's you know tis the season for giving and the best gift you could give us is just uh hitting subscribe and hitting that share button uh also make sure you're following us on twitter at the ahl report that's the best place to go uh for not only notifications about this podcast but in-game updates for the laval rocket uh game recaps uh all sorts of great information all coming out at the ahl report so make sure you're following us there as well Well, it is that time of the show. It's that time uh, here on the Press Zone. We are very happy. It is an AHL hot stove week. And that means one thing. That means our good friend Patrick Williams is back with us. He's here every other week on the Press Zone uh, for the AHL hot stove uh, on alternating weeks. Also, don't forget to check out his under-review column at AHLReport.com. But for today, Patrick, we are glad to have you on the show Great to, great to have you, and uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, the hot stove's on. Uh, pull up a chair. Uh, exactly. Lots to discuss. <laughs> Lots to discuss. You know, uh, this timed out pretty well because it just so happened that uh, the Laval Rocket were playing uh, in your neck of the woods this past weekend, so mm-hmm. you got to see them up close and personal. Um, so why don't we start there? What just what getting to see Laval uh, live, which – Anyone who covers hockey knows that it's a completely different ball game when you get to watch a team live mm-hmm. and in person. So, what were what were your takeaways from watching the Laval Rocket this weekend in their defeat against the Hershey Bears? Well, uh, I think the first one is it's a fairly obvious one is just how much roster and lineup upheaval there's truly been. I mean, if you kind of go through the lineup, I mean, and that's not even counting, let's say Ryan Paling uh, being up because it looks like he's up, yeah. For, for good, mm-hmm. yeah. but you have uh, Michael Pizzetta's up still. Um, uh, yeah, well, Xavier Ouellette is, is out with an injury. Right. Um, so um, you go right there, and then, uh, you know, yes, Yelonen is up. Uh, Laurent Defan friend, is up. Yeah. So your top two scorers are up right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm forgetting one other. Well, of course, Shuneman. Of course, Shuneman's uh, up, yeah. Yeah, on the blue line. So... Um, you know, and I, I, I wrote a piece on Katie Primo, uh, uh, after the game and, you know, I added up the collective experience on the blue line last night, uh, was, uh, 196 regular season games between either the NHL, AHL, or, uh, the Swedish Hockey League, which is what Matthias Norlander brought. So that's among six players. So, you know, you do the math and that comes up to 30 something games a piece, um, not just uh, AHL, and, just pro hockey experience, yeah, basically. Yeah, and a lot of that was Louis Belfidio, uh kind of bumping <laughs> uh, those numbers up. So uh, that was a, it was a very, very inexperienced blue line um, is, is certainly what you notice. But uh, I would say it's a – with the lack of experience, they were certainly gamers uh, in the sense, you know, they – blocking shots i mean and even as it was hershey still put up 40 shots mm-hmm. uh so uh hershey definitely carried the play and that was for sure um 
And, uh, you know, I think Caden Primo is obviously another obvious piece of that equation. I mean, he's really come into his own. I mean, you know, there was certainly the, the, the signs of potential there his first season back 2019-20. He was on the all-rookie team. Um, last year, I think to the extent you could take much from last year, he was certainly strong. But, you know, it was a 16-game run for him um, playing, you know, the same four clubs. So, I mean, it was... I don't. I'm still kind of at a at a loss how much to take from last season for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, to see him come in now, he's been a workhorse. Uh, number three in the league in minutes, number two in games, uh, putting up uh, pretty solid numbers, especially with a a very inexperienced team in front of him in some ways. Um, he looks solid, and I think that the final uh, piece of what I notice is. Uh, 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 R.V. Pinard, uh, mm. just a guy you you can't help but notice him, game in, game out. Uh, whether it was last season where you know you're playing in an empty building every night, um, they were playing some teams that weren't necessarily all that abrasive, and you know, uh, but you know, just a very in your in your face kind of player. Not in the sense of like you know he's uh, you know a Brendan Gallagher necessarily a type player, but. Uh, just uh, he's heavy on the forecheck, or at least as heavy as he could be given his size. Um, always seems to be around the puck, always seems to be making something happen. And you really saw that uh, yesterday um, with uh, obviously he sets up that penalty shot. I mean, we were discussing that. I mean, I don't know that it was a penalty shot, but uh, <laughs> certainly the hustle that he uh, that he put there and, you know, and, created that situation regardless uh beautiful then beautiful conversion on the shots and then uh finished uh, trying to put the nail at hershey's coffin uh with that uh, second goal tonight uh that that kind of spinorama that he did and uh, really nice really nice finish uh, so um you know it was it was a weird week for 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 laval in the sense you know they start off with manitoba at home kind of a team they're not uh, generally, you know, playing all that often from out of conference, uh, they pull out that win. Then they go into Rochester with the uh, Rochester was essentially down to their, uh, I believe, their fifth string goalie, um, and Rochester pulled that win out. Rochester's kind of been doing it uh, a little bit with smoke and mirrors. Uh, that's a real, and we've discussed Rochester before. Mm-hmm. Kind of a real hardworking, energetic team, and then and then they had to go into Hershey, and Hershey's kind of had their struggles, and then they ran into a COVID situation. Um, so uh, they come into Hershey and they pull out two points. So um, I think all things considered, uh, you know, this is a team that's very much an up and down team. They look kind of like your proverbial five hundred club in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are glimmers where you're seeing, you know, if they can put it all together, if they can get healthy, if they can get some of their players back from Montreal. And I'm not sure, you know, exactly how likely that is, given now kind of all the upheaval with the Habs right now. But if, if all those things can happen, um, I do think this is a Laval club that, that uh, could make at least some noise this season and and and. Be a be a dangerous opponent that if you're not ready to play them on, on a on a given night, uh, they could definitely come in and take two points. Well, I I have to agree with you uh, with everything there for sure. Um, and and it really is it's it's kind of like a, a a tale of two teams from week to mm-hmm. week with Laval. We've yes. Rick and I we've talked about that plenty on the show. Um, that it's you know 
sometimes the the games that look like they should be obvious wins for Laval, they shoot themselves in the foot and vice versa. So it's uh, it certainly isn't uh, boring <laughs> hockey because uh, you never quite know what you're going to get uh, with with JF Uhl's team. Um, but you did talk about the fact that there are uh, a, a large number of guys that are called up to the NHL level. And Rick, that was actually a, another kind of thing that we wanted to focus on today in today's uh, NH or AHL hot stove is is just the fact that, you know, we're we're it's already the middle of December. So we're going to be approaching the midpoint of the season before you know it. And uh, we're not even halfway through the season yet. But there have been a number of um, AHL graduates, you know. Of course, every year, every NHL team has plenty of guys coming up from the AHL, but there's been a lot of guys this year in this first half of the season who have made their NHL debuts coming up from the AHL. Uh, each year when, uh, at the beginning of the season, when NHL rosters come out, you see that graphic come out from the AHL saying, they, you know, this year there are 594 players or, or what, whatever the number is that... Uh, uh, had, played in the, the AHL, went on to the, the NHL. Uh, on the AHL's um, website, uh, they have a page devoted to uh, graduates. And uh, so far this season, uh, they say that 63 AHL players have made their uh, NHL debuts uh, this particular season. And uh, one of those players was uh, Scott Prunovich uh, playing for the St. Louis Blues, the uh, Montreal Canadiens in St. Louis uh, on the weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, I've said before on this show that I uh, really liked when we got the chance uh, seeing uh, Scott Prunovich play for UMD and, and uh, his NCAA career. And and now he's he's uh, been in Springfield uh, this year playing for the Thunderbirds, one of those birdies, as they call them, <laughs> uh, that that now find themselves with the Blues. The Blues have their own uh, set of uh, so own long set of injuries, and um, and Prunovich is is up now, and and uh, uh, seeing the way he's adjusted to playing um, in the NHL. Of course, he. You know, this year he's been near the top of the scorers for the AHL, but seeing the way he's adjusted, sure, he's playing on the, the third defense pairing, but seeing him, uh, you know, being deployed on the first wave of the power play and seeing him ahead of, you know, Tori Krug, uh, who's a rather adept power play uh, player himself, who goes out for the second, I... I, I I thought it was quite, um, you know, Craig Brubray is a, a great coach and, and uh, obviously sees, obviously works well in integrating the talent um, that uh, comes up from, from the AHL. And, and uh, um, uh, you had uh, Nathan Walker coming up and not his debut in the AHL, but, but uh, getting a hat trick this week when, when he got his chance. And you look around the league and there's just been some really great stories of players who have made their their uh, NHL debuts, and and we we talked before about Zach Fukali coming from Hershey to to uh, uh, make his his first game with the Capitals, and that was a shutout. And uh, you have Seth Jarvis, you have Philip Tomasino uh, in Nashville, you have um, you know Tampa always is able to convert. Uh, the Syracuse prospects, Taylor Radish and and Gabriel Forche, Boris Kachuk. Um, 
you know, Jonathan Deline in, 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 in San Jose, uh, Brett Leeson coming from uh, Hershey to, to uh, Washington. There's, there's a lot of guys, uh, Akira Schmidt, who we were talking about uh, before the show, uh, lighting it up in, in the, or, or, or shutting down the, the folks in, um, in the AHL and coming up to, to New Jersey. So uh, there's just a lot of good news stories, a lot of, of really great uh, individual stories of uh, AHLers who, who made their NHL debuts this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, going along with that, I I was struck by the amount of goaltenders who have made their debuts this year. You know, you mentioned some of them, Fukali, uh, Schmid. You've got guys like uh, Eustace Ananen, who was the, the goaltender of the month for the AHL last, last month. Uh, Joel Holfer, Nico Dahls, Connor Ingram. I mean, that's... I don't know if it's just me, Patrick, but it seems like there's been a lot of goaltenders getting to, to make their NHL debuts this year. And as Rick said, there's been... Almost at every turn, whether they're goaltender or they're or they're a skater, there's just been a lot of really good stories uh, coming out of the NHL thanks to AHL guys making their debuts. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned Ananen because um, I was actually scheduled to do a piece on him um, the day he was called up, and that was the day uh, Darcy Kemper was injured at the morning skate in Toronto. Uh, Phone call goes to Eustace Ananen back in Colorado uh, with the Eagles that, uh, hey, we need you right now. So (laughs) he had to hop on a plane. uh, So you make an hour drive, uh, you know, from Loveland, Colorado, where the Eagles play down to Denver, uh, fly out uh, right to Toronto. uh, And I... uh, I got in touch with him. Actually, he, you know, he's a very polite person. I'll say is, uh, you know, he uh, he phoned me back right when he landed in Toronto, <laughs> and he's he's apologizing to me like, oh, you know, like, um, you know, I'm sorry I didn't get your your you know your call on time. I, I was uh, I was in the air, you know, da 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 da, you know, like I just got called up. And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> you have bigger concerns right now than my future piece. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it was interesting, though, to kind of, like, speak with a player right in that moment. Right? He, he was yeah. in the car, uh, the Uber uh, from uh, from Pearson International right to downtown Toronto, uh, Scotiabank Arena, to, and the game had already started. So it's, it's a case of get there, uh, throw on your gear and get on the bench. And uh, um, it was just a cool story uh, for, for the, you know, to hear that excitement, uh, sense that excitement in a player, you know, where um, you can imagine just, I mean, even if you were, let's say, a Mike McKenna and you've gotten plenty of call-ups over the years, but the adrenaline rush of uh, just trying to get on a plane and, and fly uh, from Denver to Toronto and kind of try to get yourself into some sort of uh, frame of mind to potentially go into a game and um, just the logistics uh, of such a, a transaction, right? I mean, you know, uh, trying to race to the airport and catch your flight. I mean, so you can imagine, I mean, what uh, kind of goes through a player's mind uh, uh, in that situation. And so it, it was neat. And you, you could just 
hear right you know how excited he was and his you know this he had just been named that day as the goalie of the month uh, for november so um there's so much just gonna kind of come at him i mean for for such a young kid and what 21 22 years old so um those are the stories i think that are really neat um you know seeing those players uh this is what they've been working toward you know their entire lives almost uh and this is you know kind of a, a validation of all that work and effort that they put into it. So it's really neat. I think that's one of the, you know, we kind of maybe sometimes, um, you know, you kind of get, you know, uh, accustomed to the idea that, Hey, you know, there, you know, X number of players are called up every year and X percent, you know, our AHL graduates, but, you know, behind each one of those names is, you know, mm-hmm. often a really neat story, uh, in their journey to the NHL. And sometimes those journeys take a while. Uh, might not have been an NHL debut this weekend, but I think of, I, I think that we probably need to take a moment of appreciation for what Charlie Lindgren was able to accomplish this weekend with yes. St. Louis Blues. Well, you just said it, Patrick, about still getting that adrenaline rush, even when it's not your NHL debut. Uh, certainly the adrenaline had to be flowing for Charlie Lindgren. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, based on that, <laughs> uh, a couple of interviews he did, uh, Renaud Lavoie, obviously, uh, which you pointed out, and then uh, that post game that he did uh, with the St. Louis broadcast, and um, I, I was laughing hearing him say, "You have no idea." <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, you know, I think if you're just sitting at home, you don't really necessarily know his background. Uh, with Montreal and every everything that kind of happened for him during his time uh, time there, um, you might just say, "Well, he's excited to play his former team." But I mean, you know, it was obviously he went through some difficult times uh, uh, coming up through the system. Uh, you know, be it in St. John's or Laval or Montreal. So um, last year, spent the, the year on the taxi squad, and just it wasn't you know certainly where. He saw his career going and he got a new lease on life, uh, signing this summer with St. Louis, goes to Springfield. Um, the team plays fantastic and he's a huge part of it, uh, puts up fantastic numbers. Then you get uh, Jordan Bennington uh, comes down with COVID, so they have, you know, they bring up Lindgren, uh, then Billy Uso goes out with an injury. So all of a sudden, Lindgren is the number one guy there. And uh, lo and behold, who's on the schedule? The Montreal mm. Canadiens <laughs> on a Saturday night. Imagine uh, that. You know, I mean, so, and, you know, as I said, you know, we were talking off the air that, you know, like, I think the biggest challenge for him was just to kind of like, you know, keep his, uh, you know, composure and not yeah. kind of get too caught up in the moment and um, just kind of try to maintain a level of calm and uh, he managed to do that and just, uh, you know, hey, if Charlie Gulindran never plays another game in the NHL, he will always have that moment. <laughs> That's right. Um, so um, just, you know, like for him, obviously any game in the NHL is a big deal. And, you know, Saturday night game, certainly, and then playing for the Blues and uh, then to do that against your former club where, you know, it wasn't maybe the most positive experience for him. I mean, just... What a cool story. I mean, maybe not the most um, PR-friendly story, <laughs> but certainly, uh, you know, one of those, like, storylines that we really need to see. And uh, you It's know, a real story. It's a real story. Like, there's real human emotion behind it. And uh, that, that was – it was both uh, really nice to see, but also highly amusing as well. <laughs> Well, it was interesting to hear uh, from David Alexander, the Blues goaltending coach, 
Um, and he talked about uh, Charlie's, uh, if I can find the quote here, Charlie comes from that, the cloth of work ethic, battle, and compete. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we saw in mm-hmm. that performance um, having to battle through battle, you know, he talked in the, in his interviews about some dark times and that he really needed some inner strength. And, and we saw that, uh, that, you know, he, he vanquished a foe. He, 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 um, he worked through all of that. And, and David Alexander went on to say, uh, of all the guys that were available in the off season, he was the guy that stood out most, with respect to uh, the work ethic battle and compete. He served us well. He's been a big part of the success in Springfield, and I'm sure he's back excited to get back to and play in the NHL. And obviously uh, he was, and he's, he's been great for St. Louis. Three wins uh, since his call-up from Springfield. Yeah, and I think that's a huge, maybe somewhat overlooked um, storyline in the American Hockey League is, is how much of it that is the mental battle that, so many of these players go through, especially some of those players like Charlie Lindgren, who have been playing for a while and they haven't had that, uh, you know, that sort of storybook rise through the ranks that, you know, uh, other players have where maybe like they come in, they play a year or two at the AHL, you know, at most they win awards, they're on the all rookie team, they're this, they're that, and everything's going wonderful. And then they uh, slide right into an NHL job. Like, um, that's great, but a lot more uh, players in the boat, like Charlie Lindgren, where you know it's a battle year in and year out, and they're they're fighting for contracts and uh, kind of going through that self doubt. And you know, um, some players uh, they can get into a very bad uh, headspace with that. And um, you know, I've, I've I've spoken to a lot of players over the years, and you know, when you kind of you turn the the recorder off and you just speak uh, kind of person to person off the record, and um, you know, a lot of that uh, there's a lot of animosity sometimes, and a lot of uh, resentment of kind of how things have gone, and and sometimes it's justified, and sometimes it's not right. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. sour grapes, and um, you know, and. The players, I think, that can't get past that are the ones that um, ultimately end up doing themselves a disservice. And you have to ch- kind of channel that that emotion correctly, which is what I think Charlie Lindgren has done. He used it as as motivation, right? Rather <laughs> I than think he has succeeded. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, he has succeeded. And hey, you know, like he has his career is a new lease on life. And you know, players they kind of hit that that juncture four or five years into their pro career where. It's kind of uh, make or break time where, you know, is this is this it for me? Is this AHL or maybe Europe as far as I'm going? Or can I kind of get over the hump and uh, get to the NHL? And sometimes it takes a weird convergence of events, uh, you know, a break here or there. But uh, um, we've seen that before. I mean, the player who's out right now, Jordan Bennington, was that same situation a couple years back. Province, I mean, yeah. he was so far out of the plans for the St. Louis Blues that they loaned him out to Providence. And I mean, he was just kind of another guy in the depth chart and nobody saw that coming. He gets a call up and, you know, six months uh, later, he's uh, uh, winning the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, it's a weird business that way. Uh, John Gillies is another example, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's backing Charlie Lindgren up right now. And, That's right. 
John Gilly started the season uh, in training camp with the New York Islanders slash Bridgeport um, basically as a guy to fill out the roster. And uh, that didn't go anywhere. He uh, goes to the Maine Mariners in the ECHL, who are part of the Boston system now. Um, plays one game there, goes up to Providence, uh, plays pretty well there, but uh, gets pushed back uh, out of a job after uh, they get healthy again and uh, goes to Lehigh Valley, um, mm-hmm. kind of in need of help. Uh, all of a sudden, he's in the NHL. He's signing a two, uh, two-way contract. We need you in St. Louis now. Come on in. You know, and he's, he plays last uh, last night and uh, played pretty, pretty well against Anaheim. So it's a weird, weird business, and I think uh, the biggest – the biggest lesson players can take away is, you know, no matter how buried you think you might be, you're actually not. Uh, and uh, sometimes it just takes a good break here and there um, uh, to get that opportunity. And then that's, you know, then it's on you what you do with it. But, um, you know, you look at a player like Gillies a month ago in the ECHL, you know, kind of an afterthought. And here he is starting an NHL game for, uh, for a team like the St. Louis Blues. It takes a break, but it also takes a pretty good set of eyes from mm-hmm. uh, a set of scouts. And, and maybe this is our opportunity to give a stick tap to those guys who go from AHL to yeah. game to AHL game uh, and, and make their notes and go on. And, and, and here's someone, um, you know, talk about analytics, talk about uh, statistics. Um, with the St. Louis Blues, with, with Charlie Lindgren, um, you know, it takes a scout to separate what's important, separate the, the wheat from the chaff, to, to, to figure out why, why the stats are the way they are. And, and um, you know, they've recognized, uh, they obviously, uh, that, that they wanted a guy with high work ethic and who thought had more potential than the, the stats that he was producing. And, you know, back to Dave Alexander, he said... Um, that that they they're so happy for a guy like Charlie who deserves to get rewarded for all of his hard work. They recognize the hard work. Uh, they recognize uh, you know what's been put into it, and and just uh, then giving them an opportunity and and letting them run a bit. Um, but but it takes it takes good scouting and and uh, um, that that. All of that that experience that that's not evident in uh, in the numbers to be able to recognize people like that. Oh, absolutely! I think uh, you know you, you see those scouts every every night in the press box, and uh, you know every night they're getting, getting back in the car and going somewhere else yeah. the next day, and uh, you know put it putting on the the miles and on the highway and um, everything that comes with that and. Um, pro scout, I think, is often a very overlooked part of this business. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you hear about scouts, and you know, people's minds, I think, immediately go right to you know the NHL draft and everything that. And obviously, that's a massive part of the business. Uh, but a lot of times, it's a pro scouting, which is much more of an in the moment uh, uh, type of scouting, um, where you you build up the book on a player like Charlie Lindgren, and you know, you accumulate that knowledge and that 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 information and. Um, you know, you can run the analytics all you want. I mean, to the extent that we have analytics at this level, um, <laughs> but, nudge, uh, nudge, know, hint, like, hint, wink, wink. Just, yeah, <laughs> a lot of that's just uh, you know uh, putting in the in the effort. You know, as a scout and getting out there and seeing a Charlie Lindgren, you know, on a 
Wednesday night, you know, in the middle of the season where, you know, it's you know, sometimes where you can learn the most about a player, um, you know, kind of just a, an everyday sort of game. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's where I think where you really start to see the separation between the top NHL clubs and maybe some of the rest of the pack uh, where uh, there's that investment in uh, sending uh, scouts out and, and good scouts at that, uh, you know, to, to see those players. And, you know, you know, I think a lot, oftentimes people overlook that, but uh, um, when you need, when you need a goalie, uh, like, you know, like the St. Louis Blues did, um, you know, that investment I think really pays off. It, def- it absolutely does. Um, it's really, and it's, I think I can, I think I can speak for all three of us here when I say it's the reason why, uh, a big reason why we enjoy covering the American Hockey League, because these are the stories that we encounter day in and day out. These players who never know if their break is going to come, but they keep working hard. Uh, they sacrifice a lot themselves and their families. Um, and then when we see great numbers of good stories and rewarding all of that uh, come along in, in an NHL season like we have so far. It just, it's kind of like the, the icing on the cake. It's the cherry on top of everything. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, uh, there is a lot of hard work uh, and sacrifice that goes in at the American hockey league level. Um, and so it's nice to see these guys get rewarded. Um, all right. Well, I think, there's only one other bit of business before we wrap up. And I guess, Rick and Patrick, do you two need to, to pop a bottle to celebrate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' great cup victory? <laughs> well, listen, there on the Rocket Sports <laughs> team, there were a few Hamilton, uh, well, one in particular, <laughs> Hamilton Ticats fans. Um, so, it, yes, it was a... Uh, it was a good feeling to see the Bombers uh, uh, finally <laughs> take it home in overtime. Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I had a friend, uh, you know, who tweeted, never in doubt about the win. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Winnipeggers always have kind of a pretty good humor, sense of humor about, uh, you know, uh, Winnipeg's uh, lot in life. And, uh, but this is such a great moment for the, for the city and really, really for the province. Uh, to have that uh, means a lot. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a city that I think often, you know, kind of gets kicked around and uh, doesn't get necessarily its moment in the sun all the time. But uh, the Bombers are a huge part of the Winnipeg uh, sports scene and really a provincial sports scene at that. And, um, you know, for those players to, to pull that win out, uh, you know, I think really means a lot to the city and, and obviously yeah. to the players as well. Absolutely. And congratulations. You know, I don't, we talked about this, uh, I believe we touched on it a little bit on, on Canadian's Connection last week. I don't follow the CFL throughout the year. The Grey Cup is is pretty fun to watch. Um, I hope to never see that halftime show ever again. Because <laughs> um, I got to say, that was, that was not good. Um, <laughs> but congratulations to both of you and all of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans uh, out there uh, on the Grey Cup victory. And a big thank you once again to Patrick for joining us. Don't forget, you can find Patrick on Twitter if you're not following him already, at P. 
Williams AHL. Uh, you can also find his work on AHLReport.com every other week with his under review article. He'll be back with that next Wednesday. Um, as well as, of course, uh, lots of great feature stories over at the AHL's official website uh, where Patrick is, uh, is a top contributor. So, Patrick, thanks so much for joining us again. Absolutely. Always fun. Always my pleasure. And we will be sure to talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Rick, it is always so much fun when Patrick joins us on the show. I wish he could have stayed. Why not? <laughs> we, we could have You're talked. Like, we could have talked forever. Friends of a feather must stick together, right. Patrick. Don't Come leave back. me. Don't leave. <laughs> you've been fine. Yeah. I've thanks. Been, I've been, you've been, you've been all right. I haven't, you know, we're conversing. <laughs> More or less, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but in all seriousness, thanks again to Patrick Williams for joining us. He's uh, It's always great having him on the show. A wealth of information. Uh, be sure you're following him on Twitter. And uh, yes, look, look out for his next under review column coming out on AHLReport.com next Wednesday, the Wednesday before Christmas. Um, one other thing we want to hit on. Rick, is the fact that uh, we're talking about Christmas. It's coming next weekend already. Oh boy, it's just coming too rapidly. But Christmas around the corner means the world juniors are around the corner. And believe it or not, selection camps are pretty much over and training camps have begun. begun. Uh, Rosters are out. It's one of the most exciting times of the year, particularly... The most wonderful time of the year. That's the the commercial, right, for the world juniors? It really is. Uh, You know, hockey fans love it. If you enjoy following prospects and getting ready for the draft or watching recent draftees, it's just a tremendous tournament and time of year. And so uh, now that rosters are out, we can actually pinpoint um, some names that we can start getting excited about watching. I'd say Canada actually has uh, a pretty exciting lineup. Um, they've got 12 first-round draft picks on their roster this this year, which is pretty Pretty impressive. Um, and uh, Owen Power, of course, being being on there. I, I think a few people will probably be watching Owen Power. Uh-huh. Shane Wright. I, I think there's more Canadians than a few Habs fans <laughs> that will be watching Shane Wright. Um, Cole Perfetti's returning again for the from uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but for the Canadians and the Flyers, uh, Philly's got... Elliot Denoyer, uh, who will be on Team Canada, that's a prospect for them to watch. Uh, and for the Canadians, I'm so excited to see, and maybe he's going to be made captain, which would be tremendous, uh, none other than defenseman Caden Gooley for, for the Canadians. Um, I think that's I, – I'm just – I I'm very ex- – I am I mean, I'm a full-blooded American, and I'm excited to watch the, the Team Canada uh, team take the ice and Caden the recently traded uh right. Caden Gooley who is now an Edmonton Oil King in the WHL uh Canadians uh, draft pick we saw him at training camp and as you said expected uh to be selected captain of Team Canada pretty good defense core with Owen Power as you mentioned um and uh it it uh, Ryan O'Rourke another one mm-hmm. uh Connor Bedard uh yeah. not draft eligible till 2023 but expected to make a, a pretty big impact um Mason McTavish loaned uh back from Anaheim uh Jake Neighbors Cole Perfetti uh, others it, it's it's uh it's going to be fun well and team Canada of course ruffling some fe- feathers with some guys that were cut uh as well uh so that was 
It's always entertaining to watch uh, when cuts happen because sometimes people think certain players who are a shoe-in don't necessarily always make it. So it's been interesting watching that. For Team Sweden, uh, I think a lot of eyes will be on William Eklund, uh, San Jose Sharks uh, prospect from this year. Um, No Canadians prospects on Team Sweden this year, but the Flyers do have Emil Andrea uh, back for playing for Team Sweden again. We saw him play very well uh, at the World Junior Summer Showcase for Team Sweden back in, uh, excuse me, back in August. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for him. Uh, on Team Finland, however, do have a Canadians prospect there. It'll be fun to watch Oliver Kapanen in action. Oliver Kapanen was a second round pick um, in the 2021 draft. Uh, if that name sounds uh, familiar, yes. Uh, his uncle is Sammy Kapanen, mm-hmm. uh, cousin Kasperi uh, Kapanen. And um, yeah, so he plays with Kalpa uh, and uh, will be on the Finnish World Junior team. Absolutely. Uh, if you're looking for Russian prospects, uh, keep looking. They decided to not go with any North American pros- uh, any North American players. Um so uh, there won't be any Flyers or Canadians prospects uh, playing for Team Russia. Uh, neither for Team USA, but let me tell you, Team USA also once again coming with a pretty stacked roster. You're going to see they've got a lot. They've got plenty of first rounders there as well. You're going to see Luke Hughes. You're going to see Jake Sanderson. Matty Beneers is going to be there. Matt Coronado. Um, Winnipeg's Chaz Lucius. Uh, just just to name a few, they've got a they've got a pretty decent roster lined up for for Team USA as well. For sure, Mackie Samakevich and and the Florida pick. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's uh, it's going to be an exciting team. And of course, uh, it was the Americans who beat Canada in the final last year. So a bit of uh, <clears throat> revenge brewing, I believe. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes as we rub our hands together with glee. Uh, so that's just kind of like the, the the teaser list of start getting excited, folks. These teams are coming together. They are now practicing USA Hockey. is uh, Today they were in the second day of training uh, for the World Juniors. Uh, saw that our, our good friend... Uh, uh, Russ Cohen, Sportsology, is is out at the uh, USA Hockey Arena in Michigan, tweeting from there, uh, covering covering the USA prospects. Uh, so it'll be fun to watch the tournament. It starts, of course, on Boxing Day, um, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have we'll have coverage for you at Rocket Sports Media. Uh, in the meantime, be sure you're bookmarked. You've bookmarked ahlreport.com. Uh, as I said, you know game recaps for the Laval Rocket. Uh, Patrick Williams is there every other week with his under review column. Uh, Maria Boabdo every Tuesday is bringing you all of the latest news from around the AHL with her column, AHL Weekly. Uh, that'll be out uh, later today. That comes out every Tuesday, giving you information about the Phantoms and the Rocket, but also big headlines from around the league and gets you caught up on what the current standings are and who the stats leaders are uh, for individual skaters and goaltenders around the league. Lots of things going on at the AHL report. Um, so make sure you're bookmarked there, subscribed here. Make sure you're subscribed to our sister podcast, The Canadians Connection. Uh, and uh, I heard Maria, I just heard this, uh, Maria is going to be making her debut on The Canadians Connection uh, this weekend. Maria. That'll be wow. fun. Listen in. It is. It'll be a big, uh, she's just finishing her semester at Concordia. So um, 
I think she'll be also celebrating. <laughs> so a uh, big, big weight off the shoulders once the semester is officially in the books. So uh, yeah, be sure you tune into the Canadians Connection. Michael Spinell is going to be back on the show uh, as well uh, this Saturday. So um, yeah, we've got lots of great team contributions. You'll be co-hosting with Chris G this week. I was on mm-hmm. the show last week with you. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just going to be a lot of fun. We've got two Laval Rocket games on the slate coming up at the end of this week. Uh, home game on Friday night against the Providence Bruins. And then I believe a road game to Syracuse on Saturday. Uh, myself and Chris G will be splitting duties for, for game coverage of those. Uh, so lots to keep you up to date and keep you entertained. In the meantime, just please stay safe. Thanks so much for joining us today. Rick, good luck to you. Well, I don't have to wish you luck yeah, at all. I'll have bye. three. Yeah. Have a bye. You this just week. really had to rub that in, didn't you? <laughs> I was try look at I was trying to be the better person. Well, I was just saying I don't need I the luck. I was trying this week to in, be in, nice. In, you know, I'll have three. Well, maybe you need it in one of your other leagues that maybe. you aren't performing as well and don't have a bye. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, All of you who play fantasy football, good luck if you're in the playoffs this week. And uh, we will be back here next Tuesday with you for yet another edition of the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.